Do you play a song? If you want to play a song, go ahead. I mean, I didn't want to DJ anyway. You guys just do it. It's fine. I have no selections. I came in unprepared. And uh, it's a good thing because these guys got a bunch of music. No, I had some music too, but I like to let everybody get a chance to. This is kind of like, let's, uh, there he goes, The Idiot. Is that the name of the song? Anything by Iggy Pop's a good thing. We'll be back after this. Iggy Pop, looks like we're going to go a little bit into OT, then we're going to play go jam. We have Eyes Like Ice rehearsal tonight. I think Danny's not feeling well. I think he just needs a, a, a pick-me-up. I don't know. He needs to go get a cup of coffee over at uh, Starbucks. Coffee regular. Hey, there's, so there's a band called Frenzy. That sounds kind of cool. We also have a band called Tiger, and the song is called The Bomb of 1973. we got to hear that, right? Yeah, you know. Or how about a song called Racy Roller? You guys want to check that out? It's a Latina Hey, real quick, you know who Joel Rifkin is, Rox? I do. I just found out who Joel Rifkin is through a Seinfeld episode. Do, do you know I what his obsession was? The, I, I don't. The Hitchcock movie, Frenzy. And he would strangle the prostitutes and stuff, right? And he would get off on watching Frenzy over and over again. 
Whoa. That was like his thing. So whenever I hear friend, he would throw body parts out the window. And he was, I know, but a lot of prostitutes get choked and beat up. I know. Um, he was like a stand-up comedian. Like, he's actually a likable guy in an interview. I, I don't even know who he is, Joel Rifkin. Watch an interview with him. I think he, I know what he looks like, though. Jewish New Yorker. He's, he's like Seinfeld. He's like, yeah, I threw her arms out the window. You know, yeah. you know, everybody in New York is kind of Jewish, though. If you like, you hear the accent, and it's basically almost a Jewish accent. Yeah, yeah, I hear. You're it. Like, ah, oh, forget it. You know, it's Italian, it's Italian, Jew, Puerto well, Rican. Why didn't they put the toilet seat down? I, don't I can't believe it. Yeah. What is that? He's I'm just twisting your nuts. Hey, um, I think we got to hear Racy Roller. I, I, I just for some reason, there's a band called Guida, and Racy Roller. Let's check this shit out. I'm sure it's going to be delicious. Let's find out. They look like Menudo uh, if they were cool, they were cool and doing a lot more blow and in the group sets. Let's find out. Racy, Rola, Racy. Okay, here we go. It looks like it was a 45. I'm a Guida fan. That's a little sticker on there. So let's check this shot. It sounds dope to me. Uh, like MC5 if they were sucked. Okay, here we go. You do a little penis and butthead thing here, you know? Like, oh yeah, this is cool. This is real cool. I like it, man, yeah. Alright. More! More! Get to it, come on, baby. This guy's got all the pussy, you can just tell. Singer ready, asshole. What the fuck? Waiting too long, right? That was where the vocals should come in. What do you agree? Yeah. I think it might be an instrumental band, for all I can tell here. Like, come on, baby. Look at that kick drum. Oh, yeah. Sounds like an opioid box. It's perfect. Alright, no way, I'm cutting it. Fuck it. Take it too long. Fuck yeah. that shit. I don't like what No, okay, Tiger, Palm of 1973. You know, it's like that's the best part about having your own show. Because if you don't, if your song not hitting, you just gotta say, fuck it. I know it's unconventional. Somebody's gotta be in these times. This is Tiger Bomb of 73. We'll be back after this. We'll play a couple more. Thanks for listening to the Roxy Roller Radio Show and Geeky Radio. Um, and all that good stuff.
Listen to this commercial. What's this movie? Steven Spielberg. Isn't he dead yet? Oh, my God. It's like an abomination, by the way. I don't think most movies are. You know what also pisses me off about Hollywood? All the remakes. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're not back at Jimmy Jukebox, are we? This guy just wanted to bring his nuts out uh, trouser package back. Okay, that's fine. Have you guys ever heard of a guy named Brett Smiley? Um, no. Um... Then maybe I should play it. No, he was cool. I actually I wrote him. I said, you want to be on my radio show? And he was, I think, dying in Brooklyn. You know, but he was really just beautiful kid. Uh, Andrew Luke Oldham, who was the manager for the Stones, was managing him. You know, kind of, who knows what their deal was. But he, he was just in this pink suit. And he was just a little too effeminate for America. But this song rocks. It's called Pre-Columbian Love. I think it's about cocaine. Let's find out. Prettier than most of the girls that you balled. That's all I gotta say. Just goes to show if you've got to be something less to be with somebody, besides sometimes you've got to support somebody's art, you're barking up the wrong tree. Whoever you work with, they should want the most out of you. And that's when the difference between East Coast and West Coast, because out here I think that somebody's the boss in most bands. You know, you're kind of the visionary, and everybody supports it. And like, you know, I just come from like those bands like the Beatles and Kiss and Humble Pie, where all four guys were. Power players. That's what I. And that's what made them a super group, and they really were a cut above in a way because everybody brought something to the table. It wasn't as easy as said as done. So out here, it's either I write all the material, and then people support it, and they don't want to even contribute. It's not the zip code, bro. It's some people have an ethos, uh, you know, towards the spiritual leader, that guy, you know, whatever. They don't want to commit. They don't. They feel insecure, and they'll just. They don't want to be judged by putting stuff out there. 
Because they, they have to deal with that. I think you're breathing really heavy, dude. Me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that one mic's really hot. I mean, but I think that bands are going to be a thing of the past. I think the music, the way it's heading is that people will just guest on other people's stuff and even if you have your own band you'll support somebody else in that kind of uh, capacity because being in a band and arranging rehearsals and keeping people interested and committed to the project is almost at least in the west coast almost an impossibility just arranging a rehearsal consistently week after week almost seems at least for what i've experienced networking is difficult you know, and the chemistry and people caring, like, you know. Bands. Even if they're into it at first, you know, usually like. Yeah, bands I was in before, I would I would quit because they didn't work hard. You know, a week would go hello? by. And they'd be like, you didn't even do anything. And then they get distracted. Like, you don't really want to do this. So Going on tours is almost an impossibility these days. It's a losing venture. So, like, I think that unless you can get, a, you know, an album out there where it's doing something either with a movie or some shit that you have, find a, a fucking avenue to actually get your music heard and, and make a little money when you're out there. It's almost, uh, that's why rock, one of the reasons rock is dead. And I just don't think they're making bands like they used to. There's not another band like The Who, right? Like, you yep. can't see, uh, like, this phenomenal band and I've asked people like who in the last 20 years has been as good as like, I just put five bands like the who uh, Arrow New York Dolls uh, you know just like Metallica even you know like where you got four guys who are just really committed and just and I don't see a lot of bands that way I mean maybe you guys know of some a new band I, I know of two in particular that are I'd love uh, to hear about two of my favorite bands okay um, High Anxiety as I'm sure you know of my old band are they a power player band. yeah I think they are in some way yeah I, but there's one writer and there's one main writer and they all support it and like it's, it's very much like the Beatles I always thought like it's true I mean there are four guys who can write their own songs and uh, you know like, he just he lucked in I, first I saw him as the singer I was kind of like I looked at all the other guys in the band I'm like why are you the singer of that band but over time he really is very endearing and a sweet cat and it's, you know he just seems like unassuming yeah. you know you think of like someone like Ian just a much more dynamic kind of uh driven individuals usually very driven very in, intensely energetic and I think that uh, that's why it works though because high anxiety is very just um, uh, accessible yeah well unfortunately it doesn't work anymore I think they just played their last show well Ian uh, being out of town doesn't ago. help yeah yeah and, um, you know Chris is a you know, long time friend I've known Chris Pickles for I love him goddamn um, ever him and I have been talking about jamming um, Good luck with that. <laughs> I, He's very elusive, you know, with that kind of thing. But I think that... I think I, we're going to do it. Like, I'll put so in a good word for you. Yeah. I know Chris a long time, but he's just... You know, we have you ever actually, seen him when he's we, drunk? I he saw him he last gets night. crazy. You know, he just like starts he, throwing yeah. chairs. Oh, I've seen him when he's drunk. Yeah. He's got some emotional issues. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, I just think that it's just everybody yeah, has, has their things that like from, from the way you were raised to your relationships school and the, the town you grew up in and it makes people like here you go in San Francisco but everybody grew up in a different place and sometimes you're looking at a cat going wow I mean I have some meltdowns but this stuff's crazy he would just all of a sudden the alcohol hit his bloodstream and he drinks to almost get to that point and I don't like to, to get that drunk so yeah. I'm out of control he's actually like cut back down a lot he got into a little bit of tr legal trouble Oh, did he? Um, I don't know. We don't need to know about it. But yeah. yeah, it's not worth going into. It's, Pickles, you know, I love you. Yeah. Nothing like... You got to meet Crispy, like, though. He's a good cat. And he oh, played drums great. with the Floating Corpses, who are... Amazing. Before Morris Gar. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know Morris Gar? No. Oh, they're so sick. They, they were so good the other night. I really wish you... They're one of my favorite bands. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I saw them a couple weeks ago, and they just... 
Wasn't many guys. It was so big. It really just sounded like they finally like. You know that they didn't before, but it really was. It just sounded like they could be. I really, really love their new lineup. Um, The drummer's good. They debuted it. Their new lineup for uh, at some art place. I think I was there. No, they opened up for Psychic TV. I think. Oh, really? Independent. Yeah. They, I think they blew Psychic TV out of the water. Hello, uh, they probably would. Yeah, they should have been headlining. No, I mean, yeah, just you know, Genesis deserves that honor. But I mean, you know, it's like kind of just yeah. because of the history. I mean, Throbbing Gristle was so. Based, I, I agree with you, Genesis. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're like, even better. It's just that just uh, you have that kind of carry but, more weight. Yeah, based on like the music alone, like I would have. If, gotten, if they were both like at the same level of fame and uh, credibility, uh, have, having been in the scene for as long, right? Like, or for at the, at the same time. Genesis is getting a little other. long in the tooth too, you know. So like whatever he's doing, it probably like it's amazing. He's still even or yeah. she's doing even still doing shows. Yeah, and you know, she, I think it's they. I think he's well. I mean, as the leader, I know there's yeah. a band. I don't know if it's consistent from the early well, I days. I think Genesis Purge kind of identifies as more than one person. Oh, like really? Kind of a, uh, that gets so uh, that's a, a slippery like, slope, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that people should be able to just be whatever, however they want to be. But sometimes, I, like when you don't have the right um, a phrase, like when you go he, she, whatever, and they get angry about it, it's kind of a, it's a little I, what? You turning me down? Dude, do not touch my fader. Get the fuck off that shit. That's not your job. If you ever touch my fader again, that sounds dirty. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a taser and I'm just gonna. That's cool. You know because it's. uh, Hey, I have a a mutual friend we have. He had a taser. We got in an Uber cab. Dude, I've never been tased. It's always the first time. And he tased himself. We got in the cab and he's. I heard. (laughs) And I look over at him and he's like. I'm like, oh, dude, just tased yourself. It sounds like I've, angel I've seen my like, father tase himself. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I'm what sorry happened? to hear that. It was painful. Like, yeah, it wasn't cool. <laughs> it's like not even like. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not telling this thing. I mean, you know Jack, right? Jack Bradley. Oh, yeah. I love Jack. So Jack was like, I was at this party. Oh, Bitter Fruit is my second other like favorite band. I was, I was so show. happy for him. Absolutely. And today they broke up though, right? They did. Uh, I'm still hanging on to hope that they'll get back together. Uh, you know, he always was a star. You know, he kind of was did was in a band called, I think, um, uh, Wealthy Whore Entertainment yeah, or something. with uh, Spangler. And he was also in Pink Swastika. Who really, like, he wasn't? Yes, he was. He was? He was at the end of Pink Swastika, yeah, at least oh. for a year. And I, I always was reminded Josh. him of Pink's. Josh was on or keyboards. Jo- yeah. So it was, it was uh, what's his cat, Larry. The singer. Yeah, yeah, Larry. Have you ever seen Pink Swastika? I never saw them play. Uh, wow, yeah. There's a video, dude. You've got to check it out. It, was, it I, wasn't a cool... Like, it was kind of glammy, kind of his voice is a little bit... I don't think Larry is like a very great performer. He's not. Yeah. He's got a big um, dick, I don't though, think he's you know, a great like, person, either. I really... Yeah. Right? No, I'm just saying that's what... I think it was... Uh, but, Spangler told me that shit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, so it was funny. You know, it was one of those things he throws at me. Yeah. Um... But I have heard their their one album that they recorded. Oh, they do, they got an actual album out. They do. I don't know how to find it. I've got, you know we should punch up really some Pink great. Like we really should. They were yeah. one of my favorite bands. You know, it's I, one of my favorite band names ever. Pink Swastika. It was great. It was, that was another all star lineup, and then Jack kind of joined it. But when he did his own thing, it was like kind of like it was much more aggressive. Yeah, like he was kind of you know he had this beard, and he was just like a lot more. Uh, it just seemed like a lot more aggressive. Yeah. I don't know how I was describing. The band was cool. But there's this great story that, that he told me where it's like he was, I was at this party and he was smoking the shit and he's getting tased. And, you know, some, and I was like, dude, you know what I love about you is that 
You actually are doing the shit. You know, you're out there living the, the life. And basically, a lot of people talk about it, but he's like, he put his ass on like a bunch of people in the room, did this whole kind of thing. And it was like, I was like, that's cool. Because, you know, like, I mean, uh, I've been in uh, committed relationships, so I wasn't happening. You just can't go in a room and get naked and get fucked or whatever was happening, get tased. When you're married, it's, it's kind of difficult. You know, you got to go, hey, baby, you know, this guy fucked me and asked something, you know. She's like, what's she going to think? That ain't sickness and health, dude. You know, um, but if she ain't pussy, I wouldn't care. I mean, I wanted well, to be. It's different strokes. Is it? No pun intended. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I really didn't know, but now I do. Chicks can make out in the bar, right? They're not lesbian. But two guys making out in the bar, there's no crowd. Like, why is there more stigma about guys being with other guys than women? Is it because lesbian? No I think it comes from other guys. Right. First of Even all, Even a lot of women yeah. are against gay and like uh, homosexuality, though. Like, there's some women who are very. I noticed that, but it's very. It's less okay it. for a woman to not be okay okay with that that right. sort of thing like right. if the majority of women at least I've found um, are, are totally in support of that really love seeing two dudes make out really yeah I guess you just pick you you pick your cards but I mean like the thing is is like I'm just saying like that's a rarity like you know yes. that, that women are gonna be but almost guys are, will love to see two pretty girls or people that they would be they're tatted or whatever it is kind of getting down and I think it's just like it's time for America and I think the, the bear has been very progressive about it you know just was with uh, the whole uh, culture making bathrooms that are I guess I don't know if it's happening all over America but you go to some clubs and there's it could be a girl in the next stall I have an interesting uh, thing for you go ahead so um, there's a lot of domestic violence that goes on in gay relationships, gay and lesbian, right? Oh, yeah. And so, I think it goes on in all relationships. It, well, but. in particular, right? In my, no, in I don't think so. I would well, disagree. It's, well, it's it. an unaddressed topic often that uh, in these homosexual relationships, there is often like domestic violence. A lot. In my yeah. experience. And um, gay marriage, the stats, gay marriage isn't that old, right? They don't have the statistics on that. But on um, there was recently lesbians were talking, admitting that. But that wasn't the issue. They were saying the reason there's so much domestic violence in it is because of a transgender person in the relationship, right? Is the violent one. You know, I've I've heard. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's that from a lot of people. Yeah. Anybody uh, who wants to just change the, that kind of thing has probably got some pain in their life. Yeah. So the um, resentments uh, might be built up, and it's also like it's got to be frustrating. Absolutely. You know, it, um, lots of you know, cheating. Dan, Danny's kid, Max, you know. Lots of confusion about, like, their own sexuality some are, and some identity and still, like, feeling a need to explore that. Okay, well, I mean, just, just to be real, do you guys like, ever feel like that, you, that you, you would be curious what it would be like to be a woman? I know I, I have. Would, yeah, I have, definitely. Only because um, I can just get whatever I want. If you're a hot chick, she's the most powerful person in society. You're gonna have a lot of doors open for you. If yeah, you know, yeah. they almost walk like around like their shit don't stink, and they're they're royalty. Every they're entitled to everything. If you're a dude, they'll be like, yeah, um, and you'll either just get like the cold shoulder, or you'll get none of the gratuities. So I think it must be pretty cool to be a pretty girl. You don't have to open their. Uh, they don't have to open their door either. But it also, you know, people are just like you because of your looks, and I think that maybe they have a hard time getting to people actually caring about them. They just want to use their body. Right. Yeah. Uh, or have a trophy girlfriend or do whatever they're going to do. Yeah. You know, so if, if you just, if it's all about the looks, maybe it's an empty life. And also you get caught up in your own attractiveness. Another thing, in my, I, my personal experience, uh, gay, the gay men that I've been friends with, 
Um, they like straight. You got gay friends, dude. Straight porn. A lot of them rocks. Oh, um, I didn't know. They like straight porn. So, uh, yeah. The gay men like straight porn. Yeah, I, oh. you know, I, I think I, that must be a very my ex roommate. Like, most of the gay guys I know when they watch porn, they they're like, ew, pussy, a vagina, like just almost because that's what they grew up with. You know, like people just right. saying it's gross to be gay. It's weird. So they kind of like when they think about badge, they're just like, it's, it's really like a well, they like the big situation. Hammering away. That's that's what the the quote. I know, but there's enough multiple. Dude, that's, I think that's kind of a unique microcosm of, yeah. of your crew because I think that generally people they don't even know each other. They're like separate. Weird. Mm. You never know. It's different. You know. You never know. Yeah, you know yeah, not to bring up Lance again, but I, I'm going to go ahead and do it. You know, he said he said he would rather watch bestiality than lesbian porn. Whoa. And I was like, really? what? And I don't know if it was for effect. He said he needs penetration, cock worship. So uh, I was like, I was like. Sorry, dude. I mean, I like girls, and when two pretty girls kind of get in it, it can be kind of like a little bit. I mean, I think it's not necessarily like just so hot, but it's um, more attractive to the eyes than maybe a hairy dude pounding a butt. A pomeranian. For me. A hairy dude pounding a pomeranian. Yeah. Yeah, For me, rather, you know, I'd rather watch the girls, yeah. Yeah, just and if I do like dudes, they're usually more feminine. So it's like everybody has their thing. You just grow up. And I grew up in the era of glam, you know? So it was like basically, you know, it's David Bowie and Lou Reed and all this kind of stuff. And it was like... Yeah, I grew up worshipping glam. Absolutely. Was, the original uh, wave or Cinderella and Poison. Yeah. Which uh, one? No. Uh, ooh, neither. No. Uh, I was more of a Dawkins. Fan. Really? Oh, so you're yeah, saying glam, friend. but that was your thing. See, the original glam was like Bowie, T-Rex, Bowie, the Hoopo. Bowie's my hero. You know what? You know what? It was just so. It really blew me away how many people were crying when Bowie died. I cried. Lemmy died. No, no tears. You know, a bunch of other people. Michael Jackson died. Nobody's crying. But Bowie, it was like almost. I don't know if people. Just, people cried for Prince too. It's. You know what's funny about the two of them? They were both doing. They both. I think they Prince was up for seventy-two like, hours before he died. Like it was like they both were doing the shit, like yeah. just to stay jacked till till the end. And I know when you look at Bowie in the last video, there's something animating his body. Yeah. And if you want to see something for you people out there, that will show you what where Bowie's at. And he was pretty honest about it. Watch a, a video called Slow Burn. Mm-hmm. You know what Slow Burn is, right? Uh, it's the shit that basically burn. just sits there and simmers. Oh yeah. And you never really get off. Right. Like physically or mentally, whatever. And you're just kind of like, I'm waiting. And he did a song about it. When you watch the video, it's all in black and white. He's dancing with himself. He's kind of in the video. His kid walks into the room and looks at him. And he's caught in this kind of like thing. And it's it's actually a great video. And I've, I asked a lot of people, like, you, you know what this video is about. And they kind of just went through all this other stuff. And if you listen to the lyrics, you know, we should play Slow Burn right now. What do you guys think? Is that off his last album? I think it was like either album or two in. Which was oddly pretty damn good. I, I, I can't, you know, I've had a really hard time watching Black, is that called Black Star, the last song? Yes. Oh, I love that song. That whole album is amazing. It I thought the dancing, the dancing was a little, like... It's super weird. Yeah, I didn't think it was uh, that good. I know dance. I, I you know, my first reaction to it is, uh, I was like, David, I, I thought he's done better before. And hey, I when thought, you make death a piece well, of art, It's yeah. weird, but I've heard weirder. Right. But uh, in the last few months, in particular, I've been listening to that album on repeat it's i've heard the same amazing. thing that people look, and you know uh yeah. do you know lcd sound system i do i do yeah the front man for that james murphy he did the jazz drums on that album interesting oh, which really? are super complex and Good like knowledge. layered and like there's some layer of can you punch up slow burn bully this thing's not not cooperating so this is you know the only person who knew oh is barb calling me yes sir <sighs> she can call 
Also, you know, with glam, when I heard about punch that shit up, dude. Right? Help me out with that. It was interesting because when I heard it, because this thing's just not responding. That's what got me into like exploring it. I didn't. When you heard what? Acoustic guitar, you know, in glam songs. Oh yeah. Like what song? Like you know, Ziggy Stardust kind of thing or stuff like that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite albums. It's true. In fact, I think we should play the first song off of that uh, when we, there's a we second. Should, but let's just at least do half a slower. I wanted you yeah. guys to watch the video, too, because it's like, it was it was unreleased, too. So we kind of did this thing, and it's like, what is this it's now? a piece of art. It's kind of like, it's called Slow Burn, which was basically the phrase going around for weak, kind of like, you know, back in the day when you buy acid and they called it mescaline, it was basically yeah. just weak acid. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's just these little micro dots. <sighs> you know, it's just... Uh, Check this shit out. It's really actually a pretty cool song, but the video, I think more videos should be so conceptual. This is Bowie Slowbird. We'll be back after this. Show her 
song was called Slow Burn, and uh, it was a really strange video. It was unreleased. I liked it. You know, I think more videos should be uh, a little more conceptual and where, you know, there's also a video by a band called Wolfsheim, and it's called Now You're Here, Now You're Gone. And it was like the first video that really captured my imagination. And, I, you know, I guess I should dig a little bit deeper. And there's still some great videos out there. But it was like so well done. The cinematography, um, the, the performance by the lead singer. I think his name's Peter Hepper. So if you haven't heard of a band called Wolfshine, the rest of it's kind of there's good. It's good. But there's like two or three other songs that I think are stellar. And the rest of it's kind of a little bit just uh, pastelli. But it's a cool band. Wolfshine out of Germany. Hey, so what do you guys want to play? There it is, Wolfsheim. It just punched up. You want to punch that out? You want to hear it? Um, not necessarily, but I will. All right, we'll play it. Here. Play it. Yeah. Tyler hasn't heard it. It's, it's actually a real, and the video's amazing. So he's kind of sitting here with this dude, kind of doing his thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, his, um, there's only one scene where his girlfriend's there, you know, and they set up this whole house. Now that's basically his other bandmate. But it's kind of like the building up of your relationships, kind of setting it all up. So check it out. We're going to do maybe a couple. We're at the home stretch and we're going to go play some music. Thanks for listening. I wake up, I find your hand. You should feel joy, but I am not even near. I don't know when you've been tonight. I guess you've been with someone else, but I don't care if I'm right. I do not feel no jealousy. If I would lose you now, I'd simply say it's destiny. Someone 
That was kind of like, it wasn't even coffee anymore. Oh, damn, I could barely do black coffee. It's uh, these days. It's, it's nice. It's kind of nice once in a while. It's also a lot less caloric. So if you guys are trying to watch your girlish figure, forget the cream. Well, I am now that you told me I was looking soft. Yet. No, I didn't say you. I said we're all getting soft. Like Kelly wanted to take an Uber back to the mission. I was like, let's walk. Gut. I did not point yes, at your you gut. Did. You felt like I, I was pointing at you. you. Maybe your gut was something that you were conscious of. I don't look at my bro's bodies. I don't care. I was just saying that basically you get soft as far as when your feet leave the street, you lose the beat. And I have a gut. Yeah, Kelly, at your at your age, you know, you're getting, you know, basically most men are packing a little bit of a paunch. I appreciate you putting me on that walk, though, man. That was cool. On a beautiful day, why wouldn't you walk? I actually despise taking a car in the city if I can avoid it. And sometimes you just like you got to go one end of town to the other, and you just like fuck that noise. It's gonna take an hour and a half. But in general, you know, walking in the street is one of the reasons I live in a, a um, urban wasteland, or because it's just me like, too. It, 
Out in the country, it's fun to walk, but it's a little bit less fun, unless uh, depending on where you are. If there's a lot of hills, it can be very uh, strenuous. I think it's more fun to walk out in the open country, but like, yeah, out it is. here, yeah. it takes almost as much time to walk anywhere as it does to drive or take public transit. Unless you got to be somewhere on time, you know. Yeah, exactly. Because like it does take lights longer from downtown where I live to here than I, you would think. It's at least a half hour, and sometimes you got 15 minutes to get to the show. It's you know, when the first uh, time we did the show, uh, when I came back to Mutiny, it was the hottest day in San Francisco history. Do you remember that one day? It was like a 106 l- degrees. I remember that day very it was well. Insanity. Lester Moore from the Vital Organs. We, she went to pick him up. Which I, for some reason, he couldn't. He was dying. You know, he had his. And they had lung cancer. So basically, I, all of a sudden, I realized she's like, I'll get back. Don't worry about it. And it was time. So I was like, I have to cross town. And it literally was probably as I thought I was going to have a heart attack. It was just so hot. I was running as fast as I could. I came in here. The station manager made me do all this other shit. But it was just like, I was like, oh, I'm back. And it was really just, uh, it, was, it was an adventure. And it was very hot. So what are you going to play, uh, Tyler? Uh, this is a song by St. Vincent. Uh, oh, cool. Collaborating with David Byrne from The Talking Heads. David Byrne's one of the all-timers. Psycho killer. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. Apparently a silver fox. I like it. I like it. It's very different. Oh, yeah. When they play this live, they've got like a nine-piece. They got all the, all the horns. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, horns is something I've warmed up to. You know, like for a while, I just hated horns in music. My but first we, instrument was the trumpet, actually. I've, I've always loved horns, but have had no aptitude for them whatsoever. Yeah, no, to combine them with rock. You know, um, it's all right to talk during the song. It's, it's, my, it's fine. But all I say is, I'm, uh, here's a rock and roll confession. When I was a kid, I played flute. I was probably the only guy in my school who, was, who ever played flute. You know, because it was a very unmanly, masculine thing. But it's so closely in relation to the skin flute, you know. I think, thank I you. Think what? Uh, you know, hey, you, maybe you got a flute. Somebody else has got a tuba. I don't know. But the thing is, like, uh, it, it wasn't that. It was just a feminine instrument, the way it sounded. But basically, Jethro Tull was out at the time, you know. So there was a dude kind of blowing it up. And Herbie Mann also played it. It was also because nobody else did it. Yeah, and I was attracted to doing those things. Me too. I'm you know, so I was like, if nobody's going to do it, I'm going to try. And, uh, boy, I took a lot of shit. People, you know, they had this thing called, uh, let's turn this shit out. They had this thing called a purple nipple, okay, back in the day. And kids used to, like, you're looking at it, they grab your nipple, do that and they the twist time. it really hard. City twister. It wasn't cool, because I just, because I played flute. Yeah. So, you know, all they do it to me because I had long hair. I love you played flute. That's cool. Flute, I mean, it's as good an instrument as anything else. So you kids out there, I know you ain't listening to the show because you're a real kid. You're not listening to Roxy Roller Radio because it's rated R. But anybody out there, you want to do something, do it. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Exactly.
We're here at the Home Stretch. Thank you for listening to the Roxy Roller Radio Show. I'd like to thank Tyler and uh, what this guy's name is, Kelly. Kelly Gordon. Uh, for being on the show, Barb took the day off. She was she had very important things to do. She was talking to her guru. Where the fuck's my headphones? Somebody stole my headphones. Oh, there! I'm stepping on them. Um, stepping on them. That's all right. That's fine. It's okay to step on your headphones, but not on your dope. It's all right, Curtis Mayfield. If you step on your dope, hopefully you're making a profit. But screw those guys. You know uh, what? <laughs> screw those guys stepping on stuff. Well, you know, sometimes you got to do that. It's a business world. But honestly, like, if you, you know what? Quality over quantity. That's, that's my uh, lesson for today. And also, hey, remember, Roxy Roll of Dome for President 2020. I've got a vision for America, and I'm going to go through this process with you people. And I know it's like I'm not going to win. But there's a lot of ideas I have about the way the country's ran. And I don't think it's really that complicated. Simplify. You can create the you can control the dialogue just by dropping like a Dennis Kucinich or Alan Keyes or something. You knew they weren't going to win, but Bernie Sanders. Some people say Bernie Sanders was doing. Bernie Sanders was like a phenomenon. People were just going nuts. Like, and I I don't know if he was the best president, but he was better than the other two. Oh yeah. Well, he's he's like it's been an uphill battle all the way. The damn emails. He was like a Seinfeld character that never was. I didn't believe in Bernie. Now that uh, Trump's gotten in, I fucking regret being kind of cynical about it. It just felt like lemmings to the sea. Mm-hmm. I think it's 0 for 3. I was at a bar with that voting day, and I, the first time I haven't voted. What do you think about Oprah being the president? People have been talking about that. That would uh, be sick. I don't think you like anything. That? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even I, know why. What do you like about it? I'm just curious. Just I don't, I don't, I don't like a really, person yet. I don't, yeah, I don't know anything about her. But um, she's a black woman, so it'd be cool. She's a black woman. It'd be good. Like, the president is, is like, the face of the country. Um, I think she'd have good relations. With yeah, everybody. I mean, she's she's obviously, obviously, like, seems to be, like... How'd she make all that money, though? You know, she seems to be one of the richest people in the world. Yeah, and you're like, like, okay, you do a TV show. You're in a couple movies. Where'd the money come in? How did she make so much bank that she's... Harpo. Just, it's in... The money's in the production. Like, when you get... I think she did some company, investments. Harpo. That was, uh, she started her own production company. Right. You know, she was such a big ratings grabber. You know, once her contract ran out the first time, she renegotiated it. Housewives, during that time, there was still a lot of house. Black woman, you know. All women. She had weight problems, traditionally. Right. She was great in the color purple. I thought she really did an outstanding job in that. Right, yeah, I agree. So she was a great actress as well. I'm just saying, how do people get to the point where they have a billion bucks? But she, I mean, it just seems to be a mystery. And I don't think if you asked them to explain it, they couldn't. It wouldn't be legal. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Follow the money. You know, um, oh. we were talking about the 23, just real quick. And, you know, Michael Jordan was on a show and he was talking about his dad being killed. And this whole Illuminati thing, like sometimes you have to sacrifice one of your family members for the success. Like a patsy. He's like, yeah. And she's like, you know, do you ever want to ask the guys who killed your dad why they did it? And he's like... No, no, I don't want to. And it was kind of like he was just so cold and just detached. I know he's an Aquarius. That people have said that there's a lot of fucking um, conspiracies out there. And I'm going to unravel these things. Not a part of my, my presidential run. No way. I'm going to handle the issues that are whatever they're talking about. If it's an abortion this year or it's same-sex bathrooms, I don't care. I'm going to come up with the answers. Hey, can you run and I want to find first? out if I, if I can even do this. Can you run for mayor first? Because right now there's a vacancy because Ed Lee dropped If dead. Trump could run for without ever holding a public office, so could I. Yeah. Exactly. It shouldn't be about money. It should be about ideas and leadership and doing the most good for the most people. 
That's you. That's clearly not what fucking Donald Trump's doing. Well, whatever. The decision he's making, most Americans are going, no, that's not a good idea. No, thank you. And he's just basically unilaterally kind of doing this thing. Yeah. And he's yeah. playing on the fact that most Americans are centralized over here on the West Coast. There's and, this and huge more divide and separation between the rest of America. Dude, if, if you, have you ever driven that. one end of the country to the other? Easy Rider, the end of Easy Rider. That explains You really it all. should. And you should, because it's really, you see, once you get out of the bubble of the Bay Area, things are like 30 years back, at least. Yeah. And, and just right. like these women are walking around with these like matronly haircuts, not sexy. You don't think that's sexy, dude? Fox News? That's No way. Not having it. Would, the, the guy who would run it, Fox News, he's now dead. He helped uh, Donald Trump, actually. I can't remember his name. But okay. he watched it with the mute button on. Did he have a matronly haircut? Or <laughs> um, No, he was a fat white guy, right? right. But he, there's a thing in their contract, like Elizabeth Hasselbeck, when she left the view to go to Fox News. In her contract. Fox in her News contract, can fucking right. eat shit and die. Pants. Always had to wear skirts and heels. If you notice, the Sierra Bloomberg can fucking back. eat shit and die. CNN, you never see below their waist, right? Okay. And, and Fox News, I'll be flipping the station, and I'll always land on it. Just go, oh, what's going on over here? You know what I mean? Just by not to listen to it, mm-hmm. but that's what the guy would do. Uh, God, Roger Ailes. Okay. Yeah, that's what is his thing. That's what Fox News was built on. Yeah, you know what was really surprising to me is that Fox News was so conservative because, like, I saw, like, The Simpsons happening, which seemed to be yeah. pretty left of center in the thing. And then there's, and then like, Family Guy, too. Like, that shit that they did on a cartoon where kids can watch it. Well, Married I, with Children was the first thing and it broke them out onto the air like that's what got them their huge like young following yeah then it was Melrose and stuff too right and 90210 yeah yeah but that was cool I watched that shit for a minute I'm not, my girlfriend was into it I watched it I was like oh what's happening this week On for, a mi- for a minute Married with Children huh? Married with Children I watched that, but it was, yeah, I watched it for sure. Christina Applegate in the first few years. She was oh, hot. Oh, he was hot-ish. I mean, Christina Applegate is just hot all the way through. Same with um, Katie Seagal. Yeah, like, absolutely. Totally agree, dude. I love Katie Seagal. You notice her boobs got bigger as she went along. God bless her. No, you watch the first year, and it's like they're kind of like she kind of flatches, and all of a sudden she has these because it fit her character, and she probably just it was a good idea. At the probably time. like a little TV magic, like so no, little, she probably like, got a boob job. Yeah, it happens. You know, uh, my brother's wife got a boob job, and I kind of was thinking about it because she was the first girl I ever kissed. You know, so I was like, kind of like he was going out with her, and I kind of was like, this whole thing kind of happened. I was just, I, I still, to, in my mind, feel like it's just hard to believe a woman would want that. When I see uh, anything, poor whatever, with a girl with a boob job, I immediately click the station. Roxy, can you tell the story about the the chick in the Hamptons that runs the store that had the boob job, and then it leaked? No, I don't know about this. You can tell it. I don't know about this So you have a painting. It's a beautiful painting. One of the boobs is like deflated. Oh, okay. So, you know. Is it Silky Berlin? What? Okay. It's a story you know. Barb told me the story. Okay, I'll listen. It's when I remarked about this painting. And I guess this chick got boob job. Mm -hmm. Um, It 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 happens. You know, the the saline versus silicone thing, right? That's why they went Mm -hmm. to saline a lot of times. If you listen to Howard Stern, you know. And it leaked. She got cancer, Right. Then she went like deaf or something because the sa- the the silicone or saline leaked. that gave her cancer because of her boob That's job. That's terrible. And she had to tell people when I told, this is why I told you kids out there to not get fucking a boob job. Yeah, I was right. Go but ahead. Her, her pop booby turned into cancer, turned into deafness. Holy shit balls. This is a weird I can't deaf, imagine walking around with this child this silicone. Wow. The cancer, From cancer? The, from the boob leaking. 
turned into cancer. Well, who knows? You know, you can, how, how are we ever going to determine that for real, right? But the complications from that made her deaf. So she would have to tell people when they came in the store, hey, I can't hear you now. I know you've been coming in for 25 years in the Hamptons. So that's a little community, right? Rich motherfuckers. Yeah. I can't hear. Yeah, I've, I've had ear problems with, for most of my life. You know, we like we went swimming in this lake and little did I know that all the sewage was being pumped into the lake. You know, like kind of like when you have a kind of like these things were like these septic tanks on certain properties. It would kind of leak in this lake and I, I started swimming there. So it's like, you know, as a musician, it started losing your hearing. Do you guys have tinnitus at all? Uh, like, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just uh, my ears are ringing like. 24-7 as loud as you like, what does that do to your brain waves? You know, it's like, to kind of thing. So there's this thing out there called clear tinnitus for any musicians listening. And basically, it'll take it away, but you have to keep taking it. You know, but it's oh, this herbal wow. thing that basically you know, can cure you, your tinnitus at least for the time being. There's a book by Oliver Sacks called Mil- Music Aphilia. Okay. And it addresses... Uh, that a little bit the tinnitus um, it's terrible you know it yeah. really like I mean have you you hear it at certain rehearsals I think it's usually the vocals because I got a thousand water channel but you're screaming and all of a sudden you get sounds like a speaker's uh, kind of blowing and it's you almost can, like a porn star with erectile dysfunction dude I mean it's like what are you gonna do you know dude if you can't get a boner dude I, I'm that's on that's on you well, yeah that sucks well, well, so, what, do you, what do you have to bring that up? What does that have to do with anything uh, I'm talking about? It's like my hearing. Hearing is the most important thing as a musician. You know, you can be blind, Steve, you want to. So you're saying if you're a poor guy, Beethoven? you can't get a boner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, Beethoven I, was deaf when he wrote, like, some of his best pieces. The legs they say the he was right? deaf, but I mean, like... He this, could probably hear a little bit, but I don't also, think he could. music is vibration, so you can feel those, and they, they, ha- they do have different vibrations. Absolutely. And they feel differently. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure Beethoven also had a... Yeah, he obviously had a massive understanding of music theory they were way, how to yeah. relate notes to each other and play them in an order exactly that would sound like what he was thinking of in his head it's true but you know one thing i think about is like all history it's like hard to believe it you know you hear these stories but it's like in a way no matter what i hear about history i say well i wasn't there how do we know and a lot of stuff gets manipulated written by the winners or whoever has an agenda for that country you know like the germans are going to get different history than the americans are going to get the south it gets different like history than the north did as far as the civil war you know like i moved down there it's like wow this story's completely different so like basically they're going to kind of cater it to whatever and um you know and, and even like jesus christ i don't think he ever existed first and foremost i think it's just like a story jesus made up of in nazareth the middle ages because basically there was a time when the only people who could fucking read and write were the, the aristocracy and the clergy so basically whatever their fucking agenda was they just basically to dominate people and to, um, you know, just basically put the fear in them. And then yeah. you need the church, because church has no tax, of course. But also, like, I got a question for the you. power that they have in our society is just, it's hard to believe. That anybody believes in a guy that was born 2,000 years ago that was supposedly the son of some god. Well, that's, right? Like, that's, he just impregnated this woman. She's still a virgin, because that got everybody to not want to have sex. It was kind of like, we're modeling yourself after the Virgin Mary. But also, like, how come God didn't save Jesus? Well, like he's being nailed. like if it was your son, wouldn't you save him from being nailed to a cross? Rocks. Did you right? I mean, like, you're like oh no. Or no, you know, kids need to learn the tough way. I, I, and he did come back to life, right? So God was kind of there. He's like, tomorrow. hey, when the cave. Thirty-three days later, you're gonna come out just three days. Is new. Yeah, the original zombie, dude. It's true. I mean, who yeah. knew? He existed. It just was he the son of God? Uh, well, the answer is no. Do we know? I know. It, it didn't happen. A God did not come down and fuck a human woman and basically this baby popped out. Do you know what Christ means? Well, 
I mean, if she got fucked in her sleep or doped up, roofied, something happened, and she got fucked. Even if, she, even if her hymen was still in place, it's still possible probably to do that. There's probably been recorded cases of that. I just think that so many people believe this shit. You can go through the Bible and people say, word for word, this is fact. There's people who will shoot you dead if, let's say, you don't believe in Jesus. You know, they like they think you are basically as evil as possible and the enemy. Just from saying you don't believe in Jesus, a guy who was born 2,000 years ago. That has no fucking relevance today. What's the difference between a religion and a cult? No. Uh, uh, the figurehead has to be dead. The what? The figurehead. That's true. Hover, yeah, that, that is a true fact. Yeah, yeah, totally. It has to be dead. If he's alive, it's a cult. Yeah. That's did a, you figure that's that out or did point. you where you No, I looked this up. Oh, cool. Hey, you know, it's good to have the actual definition. I never just pull shit out of my ass like that. You should try it sometime. It's not, you know, it's kind of like... No judgment. You know, like when you freestyle, like I've been trying that a little bit, you know, when you hear some music and you're just kind of able to just kind of wing it. It's yeah. actually a, a brain exercise. And if you're, you know, it's like sometimes you just, it just is, you misfire. But in general, I found it to be something really... Um, it was good. It was a yeah. good mental exercise. And it's tough to do. It's like totally. jamming, but with words. And you got to come up and it has to somehow make sense. And if you're spitting it right there, not necessarily on drugs, but just you kind of like just spitting rhymes, I think it's just, it's a lot of fun. So the, hip, the Roxy Roller hip hop albums somewhere in the uh, ether. Maybe it'll happen before I, I got, die. I got one to play. A hip -hop. All right, go ahead. Kind of we'll, we'll close the show with a hip hop song. It's going to be called um, Down with the OPP. Other People's Property. <laughs> oh, is that what that stands for? Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm not down with the OPP. <sighs> but they're from the East Coast. It's cool. It's cool. You know, Tupac was in the Illuminati, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into that right now. I'm not. But Scientology is uh, a whole other issue. That's the same issue. God, yeah. Kirstie Alley's fucking scary, isn't she? Oh my God. You know, right? Chris I agree. Who? Kirstie Alley is a woman who was on Cheers, and she was kind of uh, like okay. the figurehead of the Which Scientology. One was she she kind of got a, like a, she kind of got big, but she was uh, like short she black hair. No, she has brown hair. It's to probably just. I was know. like so bad with uh, actors and actresses' names. But she, they were the kind of face of Scientology, and at one point they were wow. coming under fire, and her and Travolta came on the air, like kind of like almost as the king and queen of this kind of religion. And it's it's evil, dude. Yeah. When I was in L.A., me and Barb just as a lark walked around the Scientology building, and and guard they were following us. They were ducking behind trees, and it was like we're just walking, dude. It's a public place. So what yeah. are you what are you people so afraid of? What are you hiding? Yeah. You know, and it's like basically they just did these things where they have people and uh, they do this confession and they record it. Yeah. So all the people who are in this thing kind of like they, they have dirt on like every single member of theirs. Tell us your deepest, darkest uh, acts and what your secrets. And basically they would. And I'm sure that there was a way to blackmail people. Those Scientologists. You know, Darby Crash was a Scientologist. When I come home from work, I'm I need drugs. Darby Crash. He was. They were very into the L. Ron Hubbard uh, concepts. And, uh, there you go. Okay, this is not rap, dude. This is just... Dude, this is black. This is, uh, this is terrible. I'll listen to it. All right. We might play one after this just to leave a good taste in your mouth. Alright, we'll be back after this.
I owe you loot Plus I annoy you, I deserve to be murdered But the coke is doing it for you I got nerve, can you put them pills on my bill? Yo, I'll tell you we're friends And yo, we don't even chill, I need drugs This is not filler, but oh come on, dude! I don't. I, I'll play you something you hate. This is just—it's not like. Um, thank you. It's not NWA. It's not. Uh, it's not even uh, Kanye West. This is bro. All right, let's let's hear another verse. Let's come on. Let's hear what he's saying. It's the it's the, it's the, it's the synth work, dude. It's like kind of just pissing me off. It's weak, yeah. Thank you. But that was funny. I love songs like that. They're just kind of topical. Um, the lyrical context and the lyric- the, uh, the album name kind of reminds me of Lisa Suck Dogs. I like drugs. You ever heard that? Okay, no, I don't know that one. Check that out. It's very different. Cool. I mean, very like cool. I I got into hip hop when I moved to Brooklyn because it's good. Like when in Rome. Oh, this is not hip hop. Well, I was just trying to say a little bit like my experience with hip hop, and then I'm like when I was in Brooklyn, was oh, uh, I lived in Brooklyn, and I was kind of like had my health issues at the time. So I was walking home. Barb comes home from work, right? And she goes, "It's a beautiful night out. You should take a walk." We used to walk around at night. So I was walking along. She 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 just was catering, and uh, basically she went to bed. I was walking around, and I don't know how what happened. But I woke up on the ground, and I had my, I had blood on my brain, and the guy just like my lips were like fucking, uh, they weren't lips anymore. So he beat the shit out of me, and so like hip hop sounded different after I got the shit beaten out of me in the hood. I lived in the hood. I lived in Bed Stuy, which is basically a predominantly African American neighborhood. Walking around two in the morning, maybe not a good idea, right? Uh, but it, we did it all the time, and it generally was okay. But there's one night, and I just don't remember the impact, but it's just hip-hop just sounded different. Chris Rock is from there. Bed-Stuy, do or die. Bed-Stuy's the real deal. I mean, if you're a white boy walking around after midnight, you're going to probably get shaken down. Yeah. And so, you know, it was, a, it was an experience. Um, Barb used to come home at night and basically in her tuxedo. And I was like always amazed at her toughness. And just basically her, just, she was able to communicate psychically. Don't fuck with me. I'm not having it. And she was able to do that. But a lot of girls would probably get their fucking either raped or mugged on that block. It was, it was the real deal. Um... So anyway, if you've ever had the shit beaten out of you, it's different than when you have it. And like a lot of women have not been clocked, just as it is. Barb, you know, like this guy was going to come stab me one day. Like basically this other couple was fighting. Barb's like, fuck that shit or I'm going to call the cops. And he's like, fuck you, bitch. And I was like, okay, now i got to step in. Right. I told you the story, right? Yeah. So the guy charged me with a knife and basically I fell backwards. I tripped, you know, over the curb. And next thing you know, um, she jumps in the way. 
I said, don't ever do that again. Wow. Because, you know, you never really felt the impact of fucking violence. If you never felt it, you don't believe it can happen. You kind of have this, like, uh, bubble around you. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you guys ever had experience like a near... I mean, he could have just... You know, I've had a couple times where you'd have somebody take a knife and just... If you don't scissor right there, I would have my fucking belly cut open wide and I might not be the same... I mean, I might not have lived. I think one slice you could probably live. Yeah. The, the imagination... Um, really does not lend itself to the the actual getting cut experience nope. of getting cut or mugged or jumped or beaten and it, up and it was somehow she was able to stop him because it was a woman you know i was like so he's fighting with this girl he gets back on his bike they kind of do it and he drives up to me and he basically puts out his hand he wants to shake my hand after him you know charging me with a knife he said i'm not the one you should be worried about it's her they drove off and it was just like you know it's just one of those funny moments that he had the perfect uh, exit thing and he did want to kind of just make the peace but you charge me with a knife, you know, it's like, I don't care what reason you have. If I charge somebody with a knife, they're probably not going to like me too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'll probably connect. So, um, at least they won't like you for very long. I wouldn't stop for a woman. I wouldn't stop. I mean, if I was going to charge somebody with a knife, I'd be serious. I wouldn't charge somebody with a knife unless I meant to oh, cut, cut yeah. him. Yeah. You know, so it was one of those funny things where he just wanted to tell me to fuck off. It was kind of like, so having a piece. In an urban setting, unfortunately, you know, having some kind of weapon is, is not a bad thing when you're walking around at night. I know I felt different personally when I had a piece on me than when I didn't. If you're walking down fucking Petrero, it's 2 in the morning and I see some people on the left, on the right, they generally have nothing to lose sometimes and it could be your unlucky night. If I was them, I would shake most people down. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd be like, I'm desperate. I'm out here. I got nothing to lose. Let's go. To, let's go grab it. And it's uh, you know it's it, it's to their credit that there's not more crimes and muggings here in San Francisco. It rarely happens. You don't hear about it too much. Maybe over in the Tenderloin, it happened for a couple minutes. Where even like cats that were pretty fucking ready to tangle got their phones ripped off or whatever. So go get a knife, a buck knife at least. Because, you know, like even just having this thing, I got a blade. But it's like you know you can cut somebody with this thing, right? I was thinking about it the other day. You know, I was like. You can cut a neck. You can do something with it. But it's really like, it's going to take a lot more work than a fucking, a real knife. What and it's not that you want to use it. It's almost like the Cold War. What if you want running a Crocodile Dundee, dude? And he goes, that's not a knife. He's got that big old I like I like guns. I don't think there should be gun control per se, like the sense that they should be illegal for citizens. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, because you're going to lose. Yeah. That's why the Indians lost to the white man. Uh, amongst other things. Just, oh yeah, venereal disease. That would happen too. Pox, right? Because they it were was diseases. Yes. Yeah, the cattle. You know, they were using this biological warfare. Once they found out the, the Native Americans were susceptible, and they wouldn't use them as slaves either, because they would die from the white man's disease. They would kill every fucking Indian in, in any vicinity. Like it came a point when it was extermination. It was genocide. Yeah. yeah. And have you guys ever been to an Indian reservation, by the way? Yes. No. You have. Yeah. It's one of the most depressing things you'd ever seen in your life. Basically, there's no hope. There are people standing on kind of like there's there's fucking uh, phone poles that are just down, and, and nobody pick, nobody picks it up. And That's a casino, and casino. So they did have a way to kind of kind of get back at it. But you know, uh, Malcolm X called Caucasians the White Devil. I think there's some truth to it initially. Yeah, but if you go to Africa, they're killing each other. There's a lot of stuff where like they have no fucking. There's no lines. They'll kill monkeys. They'll kill everything just because it's the only resource they can find. And Oakland, you know what I mean? Chicago. You know why, uh, Richard? What'd you say the other joke? But uh, Richard Pryor never. Well, the N word, right? Yeah, and never say the N word. Right, exactly. But nobody gets mad at he, uh, George Carlin was talking about context and their only words, and it's the racist asshole using the words, blah blah. He goes, "How come nobody gets mad at Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy when they use the N word?" 
Because, because they're N-word. Because they are, uh, right. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit easier. I think, like, you know, um, even, like, in, in the gay community, I'm sure if they're calling each other whatever name they have, it's a little easier Which than if some guy's just kind of doing that. And in my school, like, if you were gay, it was like being a leper. Right. You were basically were as much of a social outcast as you could be. There was one kid, Joey Recchio, he just went for it. He's like, I'm watching soap operas and hanging out with the girls. And because he was, like... There was no gray area. He knew who he was, and he probably got his ass kicked a, a couple times. But he was he was in his skin. I think it's the people who are just trying to figure you're trying to figure out your sexuality, and it was really like it was on the East Coast. It was very difficult. So I think it's it's kind of encouraging how much people have done it, but to the point where it's almost fanatical. You know, like if somebody's trans or whatever, they, they're almost like you can. You, they're beyond reproach. Mm-hmm. You like you got to say, here's this thing, and like every short, anything that's happening is almost you got to sit there and just get. You know, they have this uh, almost limitless respect for it. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, I think it's a case like all across the board with people in general. That's true. Um, and it just you- because uh, you know someone's trans, that doesn't mean they're. Incapable of being like that, or even deserve more respect than anybody else. Some people are just fucking yeah. nuts, and I don't have to respect yeah. their fucking bullshit they hide behind. But some people actually have a legitimate thing, which I hope they do, right? Like George Carlin also said, people are either fucking stupid, uh, full of shit, or nuts. Some people are all three. You know I, mean? I like that. Yeah, I mean George Carlin. I mean, if I was to be like a comedian, he might be the closest thing. Because Lance is like, you don't have these punchlines. I mean, you know, he got into the stand-up, and it's like George Carlin's kind of like stream of consciousness. He just kind of yeah. talks to you when he's there. He's not doing these little bits like Robin Williams or linguistics. He's very into language. You know, yeah, language. Is he? Yeah, like he goes. I don't. People say you can get on the plane. He goes. I'm not getting on the plane. I'm getting in the plane with you folks in uniform. Acid and, and weed, I think, influenced his like shit the most. I mean, but it was kind of weird, you know. Like uh, towards the end, it, he became. Uh, I don't know, but angry. it was. He he died, right? Yeah, he um his daughter said, "Dad, you're getting too angry." And the, <laughs> the last one he did, he says that he says, "I tried to lighten it up a little bit, but he got really bitter." And funny story, my brother's ex- uh, ex-girlfriend was in the Hollywood Hills riding her bike uphill. And if you listen to George Carlin, he always talks about life as a series of dogs. And George Carlin was walking his fucking dog downhill, right? And he sees her going uphill. And he goes, wouldn't it be easier to go the other way? It's right? true. And that- I was like, that's George Carlin. My brother had to tell me because you know, I grew up you know, with George Carlin. I still have his vinyl. I have his vinyl. I took my mom. I had it's- Bill Cosby shit. I, little did I know. He was, so- was Roofy Man. Yeah. You know? Do you guys ever uh, listen to Bill Hicks or watch his? Uh, you know what? I just became uh, aware of him and just like what a revolutionary he was. You yeah, know, like he changed my. It, what? But it was I almost like my my opinion of the world when I was very young. Tool? In high school. Did you hear the Tool album? Yeah. At the end? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Enema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he says uh, drugs in this country have done a lot of good things. And all that. Tool, yeah, yeah. Everybody uh, loves Tool. Fucking high on drugs, yeah. You know, Bill Hicks put out his own album called yeah. Arizona Bay, and the concept was L.A. like falls into the ocean and Arizona becomes like the new west coast that's cool uh, you know he was but it was almost out of necessity you know he had to find his niche and it was kind of like it was like money it was kind of like sensationalism and it kind of thing is something that ha- happened kind of organically I don't know if he was his yeah. cr- you know, I saw a documentary I on him I don't know that much about him like as far as over time but like just seeing his kind of story was like he's kind of a, not only iconic but just almost an enigma in the sense of just how he developed compared to other comics yeah. yeah. Explain an example. Well, because he made his art was like, um, 
it, it just became more like what he was saying. And it was also like stuff that he really cared about. Right, exactly. Where most comedians are like, you know, I was walking on, and, on, and then, you know, the grocer said, like, he's like, hey, you want? And, like, it was just, like, kind of mundane things. Or, like, in the Bay Area, when you see a comedy show, it's basically a lot of comedians watching comedians, like bands sometimes. But they're not funny. Because they're afraid to fucking piss no, people I off. No, I think they're just... Yeah. You know, in San Francisco, if you notice a lot of when they do it, they all act stoned too. Well, oh, you know, he couldn't really get up on stage as easy when, until he started drinking. He started doing shrooms and acid, and that changed his life. But I love when he would rail on non-smokers, like "fuck yeah. you, I'm you, eating cancer right now." Fuck How much you. do you smoke in a day? Yeah, a pack. A pack. You little puss. Yeah. I go through two lighters a day. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. So music. He talks about music. How nobody plays oh, his yeah. heart and corporate. Have you ever heard any of his music? It's really good. Bill Hicks music? Yeah, it's very fun. Uh, let's like, hear some Bill Hicks. We'll, we'll close it. Punch bro. it up. Good call, bro. But, but yeah, somebody's telling me about it. And it's like I just don't watch television. I'm not saying it's not like the the right reality for everybody else. But well, you know, I didn't watch TV for years during the acid years, and then I just didn't have TV. Then all of a sudden, it was like I was watching TV because I was sick. You know, I had some health issues, so I started watching like the Knicks, the Lakers, and shit. Like when you're going, you're kind of kicking dope. There's a lot of television watched. You're in pain, so it kind of takes your mind off of it. But in general, you know, I think it got to this point where you can control what you're seeing compared to like endless shit and commercials. God damn! Oh, fucking hate them, dude. You know what I mean? It's like I just can't even. Unless they're, you know, sometimes they're funny. Super Bowl, they got some shit, and like they'll do the new commercial. Everybody's like, "Oh my god, did you see that commercial?" It's like, "Oh, how did this happen? How did it happen?" All right. Well, we're gonna find out how Bill Hicks happened. So you'll see, it's a sharp contrast from his stand-up. Yeah, I've never heard his music, so I'm excited about it. I know everybody out there cannot wait to hear Bill Hicks' music if you haven't heard it. Here we go. Yeah, knocks it over. Yeah, it's better that way. Bob Marley, this is cool. We'll take that one home. I gotta be honest, I think it kind of sucks. But I mean, I mean, I'll listen to the rest of it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it would be, like, phenomenal, but, I mean, it's cool. It's yeah. a pro- He was not a musician, mind you. Right, and that's what yeah. you kind of hear that, but, I mean, it's... it's yeah. Sounds like a guy, a blue-collar guy, who's like, you know, I just got to play some guitar. I always wanted to play guitar. And he kind of just like, started writing songs, which is a beautiful yeah. thing to express yourself, but... Yeah. It's kind of like when people are actors and they decide to do, a, like, an album. You know, yeah. like Eddie Murphy did that song Party All The Time. You ever remember that song? Rick James. My girl won. Yeah, it's like that. But it was cool. Eddie Murphy could actually sing. This reminds me of like kind of 60s music. Yeah. You know, like kind of like the like psychedelic mixed with kind of uh, folk and Americana. So it's, it sounds classic. It sounds classic. It's, like, it's kind of like... Nick Drake if he was around in the shoegaze. If he was retarded, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. You know, but not a bad way. Or if he was like... Nick if, Drake was a shit, lost, dude. If he got, like, severe arthritis in his hands. Most people don't know about Nick Drake's shit, you know? Like, this thing that they gave him, that, that he overdosed on, was given to me when I was in my the most pain in my life. And I, they were like, do something for this kid. They got and did it. And I kind of read about it, and it was like, they said, it'll help you sleep. And I was like, so... I can't remember the name of it, but I know my guy the book and I saw it. Um, but it was oblivion. So I, you know, Western meds don't take a 
if you, even if they want to give them to you, even if they'll help you, it's going to hurt you more in the end. Don't take the man's meds. Another song. Bill Hicks is terrible. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's put the.
with Sierra, you know, just between us, though, I go, she just basically said, I like, let's put some, that was a good song, but let me, let me, let me kind of, I'll finish it, but I mean, she said, like, I just basically, well, let's, let's turn it up, we're talking about the Me Too generation, if you've been touched, I feel for you, it's a terrible thing to have happen to you, and I'm sorry you had to go through that, but a little, you know, to some degree, it's like, if a guy just basically tells a woman that they're attractive, that's somehow sexual harassment, correct? Or to some degree in a workplace. Yeah. Um, what's your take on all that? Because I know you know some friends with it. didn't seem like there was kind of a fervor about it, that like everybody had to say, like, you know, people get, you know, this, uh, when you're younger, maybe some, you're on a date and something happened and you felt very violated, you know, um, but at the same time, it's just like gotten to this point where I think it's almost desexualized everybody because you, like, you can't. You know, you know, people used to put a pat on the butt, or you know, maybe you. That's how it was when I was younger, at least in my teens. But if you wanted to get with a girl, you probably had to be aggressive, or it wasn't going to happen. And maybe she'd be like, "Oh no, I can't." And maybe you would do that. Right now, today, that would be uh, just very. Uh, it could be a criminal act. Yeah. Um, so it's. I'm, I don't know how. We, if I was a young man right now, I would actually. I'm glad I grew up in the time I did where people were very much into getting down. It was not an issue. Like, you basically knew that you had a... Like, if you look at two squirrels in the forest, they're mating. Basically, the guy's running after her, and she's basically putting her scent down. So, it's. I think it's a very natural thing to do. Like, the guys are going to do it. She's got to do this whole kind of song and dance. And I, almost every other species does that as a like also a survival of the fittest and the strongest person is going to have to beat the shit out of the other one to get to the girl yeah and they like have you ever seen two giraffes fighting it's kind of crazy their mating rituals are 
more I, un, more unique than any other animal in the in the whole animal. And they're the tallest animal, but only that they're they're facing extinction right now. Oh wow! That was Wait, a, what's I want to hear more about their mating? Well, basically, they beat they, they swing their heads at each other. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah, it's crazy looking because yeah. you got to think. There's here's this animal. That's that's my that's my spirit animal, a giraffe, because I think I'm specially designed for certain tasks, but seeming to be not make sense for the rest of life. Because if you have this giant neck. You know, you kind of have, uh, maybe that's uh, my personality or whatever, but I feel like also that the, maybe they can't really do a lot of things that other animals can do, including using their hands, including uh, basically do anything. I mean, how just even anything, because when your neck's that far away from your body, there has to be a very a handicap. Yeah. <laughs> when you're, you know what I'm saying? Your brain yeah. with the rest of your, your system, they're almost like a, a living dinosaur. But... Um, it was just, you know, they have their own unique place in the animal kingdom. And, you know, I, you know I've seen watching also these videos about why are animals fighting other animals like a crocodile against a panther. And it's compelling fucking viewing because here's a life and death situation. Like I watched, I saw this one thing where a kangaroo was facing a bunch of dingoes. It was waist deep in water and it was going to die. And you saw this, like you could watch snuff films, you could watch some real life killing. But there's an animal basically, he's walking along, not bothering anybody, just kind of. And every second is a gift, you know, like, a, and I think that humans have gotten away with that with all the, just the leisure time. Like, we don't have to go foraging for food. Exactly. We don't even have to go foraging for mates anymore. Most, a lot of people. It's true. Blind dating. And yeah. it, it serves as a way, like, it, it, it works. I know, but I have some like friends a dating who... game. Like, in real life, they won't talk to other people because there are there are, they have a service that does that for them that matches them up you got you get a profile without even to like swipe yeah. left or right or whatever also to meet people without having to see them in person yeah it's just like the way people would rather text than call each other now so yeah. like people go oh you want to talk uh, i mean uh, i could you know they yeah, kind of like that i'm the weirdo of my generation where You're i would rather talk yeah. yeah i'd rather talk and we meet used to someone sit, organically rather than on the internet you know we used to sit on the hour of phones for hours talking to either like if you had a long distance love affair or even your friends or when you're coming up you just be like shooting a shit for an hour or two i think it's like very difficult to get most people on the phone for five minutes at this point i don't think oh it's, yeah totally. it's just me that the people don't want to talk because I, i'm also with them in a the sense that texting is a lot more simple it's less involved yeah. But, you know, you two people just sit there and you could easily fucking talk, but instead you're just texting each other. And yeah. What I like about it, though, is that basically each person has a chance to say what they want to say without having to just basically either allow it, which, you know, conversations is a beautiful yeah. art, but, you know, it's that kind of thing where if I think people want that, like, hey, dude, you're talking when I'm talking, that kind of thing. And yeah. I think that it just became this thing where I, I, I make sense, unfortunately. Well, yeah. And also I, the government has I think it makes sense. Has a written thing of for. It feels good. It's more it's gratifying in a a weird not like quasi immediate sense um but it's like it's crippling like this social it is. like just socializing amongst people. absolutely and but for i mean for me i, I like to go be in a room and see somebody like i don't want to buy things online i hate shopping online i so, hate shopping online so i wouldn't want to shop for a, a girlfriend in a sense, I'm, I wouldn't be against it because I could see the convenience of it. I'd be like, okay, you know, I'm a unique bird. I'm going to be looking for somebody. Like, if I had to go that route, I would see that it make a lot of sense because you can just, like, you just uh, can edit out a lot of people. Yeah. At the same time, when you're at a bar, people are drinking, you kind of see somebody that looks kind of attractive or they, they kind of give you the fucking, they're giving you the look. It's like, I think that that was fucking awesome. And it's yeah. like, just people, you could go enter a party and like 10 minutes later, I'm, I mean, it happened to me several times 
where I just drove up in my cars four in the morning in Athens. You know, you used to be able to just go to parties even if you didn't know the people there. It was that kind of openness that the South was great for a kid from New York City. You know, just like, be like hey, I don't know who you are, but I saw there's a couple cars out there, and we'd, I'd literally pull over and might walk in and have a bottle of booze or see if they had any. I, and, and I just meet a girl, and by, you know, we just go home, and it was, it wasn't really that complicated. I, was must, I don't know what those other guys who were hanging around trying to get laid were, didn't have that I did, but I thought it was just, uh, it was a beautiful thing, casual, you know, anonymous sex. I think uh, the world's missing out at this point, but I'm not saying that they're not too. not doing it. But it was just cool to have that kind of uh, that action. Yeah, you know, you know actually, I hear. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Like, has kind of a crazy weird uh like sex sex scene like orgy party scene where where are you saying like san jose uh, san jose really he's from san i i always thought, thought i thought i was born in san jose oh, were you yeah you know i mean it's just i've always thought it was kind of a vacuum it's a little bit of a sterile city it's a racist city for sure and it's That's homophobic absolutely you know you like you know this guy from inferno and joy play down there he took off his shirt and you just people were just you know it really made them uncomfortable it was rock and roll yeah you know what do you got the yellow makeup on whatever so I mean, I, a lot of my friends were from San Jose, but you know, one thing I found that was that they can't leave, and they're all kind of like they have this kind of they have a certain vibe about them. They're just gonna be really bitchy. They won't. Uh, they're not very cooperative. Not saying Kelly's that way, but if some of this crew, and they it was like consistent through these people, and they're very gang oriented as well. Yeah. So with the crime there, so that was our, basically my second most popular city that I had during my Luca Brasi run was like we were basically almost the house band at the caravan I don't know how we did it just the first time we played there we, we finished songs and nobody clapped nobody did anything <laughs> we were just like they ate us oh my god and it just have you played the caravan no it, it's right as a bus station everybody's like no stage it's, it was free you know so basically it was a place of just basically the rockers of town would just yeah. show up and check it out that's how you know you've like do, done something truly awesome when you leave your audience completely silent. Like we were so loud mother- at the beginning, these guys just wanted to just be like painful. And we basically, I know we probably were getting getting it, getting it together, but also we were so loud that it's painful. I've had a couple bands hit me like with that kind of force, and it really does hurt your ears. It wasn't my first intention, but sometimes you got to do like amalgamation of the bandmates. So they want to be more like the Melvins and Acid King and. I was thinking about more like Nick Cave, P.G. Harvey, Tricky. And when oh, the drummer yeah. kind of said, he's like, I'm really into Blue Cheer. And I was like, I like Blue Cheer. You know, it's kind of like, but what Luca Brasi became was more like what the drummer wanted. You know, uh, as I was just trying to get my band together. And he, yeah. yeah. Um, that's how the Kill Myself was. It like, there was a lot more that I wanted to do with it that my bandmate uh, did not want to. And it became more about what he was okay with. Uh, he, he, he's was, fun, you know he's fun, you know but I think he's a very talented guy um, yeah I agree and, and I think it was cool how he taped the mic to his chest I also oh, thought yeah. that was a very art school kind yeah, of I learned a lot from him too um, sometimes that's what part of the process you know you walk the path with a brother or a bandmate for a certain period of time it doesn't have to last forever yeah. I think that you know he uh, probably undeniably like altered your 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 path and also just like maybe your your process. He's a, he's 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 a very talented musician, but I I don't I could see where it might be difficult. Yeah, as it was just your band to begin with. Yeah, um, or you did it I with found, some other cat, you know? Or I, yeah, yeah. Well, I think part of it too is there was a clash of egos between me and him. We both have in. Incredibly oversized egos. Uh, I, I never picked that up about you, but I mean, uh, that, I do. I, I I try to keep it low what's key. Si- what sign are you? What? What sign? Astrologically. Oh, Scorpio. 
My you, birthday you is uh, the, you Dia are, de los Muertos. I got a lot of Scorpio because my father's a Scorpio and my older brother wore it. So what you are you? Just, I'm a Virgo. Okay. So same as Ian. Heard you mentioning Aquariuses earlier. Both of my parents are Aquarius. That must have been tough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was. Because they're really kind of like detached and they're always right. Yeah. So, I mean, um, astrology is not foolproof. Like, me and Kelly are both Virgos. We seemingly to be sane, but, like, when we would just be shooting the shit, he would be like, that's a lot of stuff I've thought before. And we were, even that night that we did all that um, exactly. blow, uh, you know, we just, uh, we hung out. And I, it was, like, kind of, like, uh, the whole story behind it doesn't matter, like, with Matt and shit. But, like, we were just kind of, and everything was just so easy. And, like, we kind of, like, were similar-minded, even though we had different, um, just as far as what we were trying to do with music. Like, you never really... I think that's great. Absolutely. Because but there's a lot of people who are not going to think that way. Yeah, screw them, dude. Like, like, uh, <laughs> like Matt. But Scorpio, you know, I don't know. I think who your parents are, sometimes it has an, uh, it's everything. You come out of them. It's so weird. I think about my parents fucking, and that's how I came into existence. Right? Yeah, I, I traced, I went back nine months from my birthday. and uh, So you coming out of my, the canal? My dad's birthday is nine months oh. and four days before mine. Okay. And I, I know my parents didn't like each other that much, or like they fought a lot. So I must have been his birthday present. Roxy and I, I were figured, New Year's. Which is, we were in New Year's uh, situation, I think. Horizontal Mambo on New Year's. What, me getting born? I mean, my parents you wanted I. to. Huh? You and I, because we're nine months, like September, right? New right. Year's. New Year's. I don't, I, don't, I don't get what you're saying. Well, if we're born in September, right? That's, well, that's nine correct. months after. Right, that's true. It was around New Year's. That's so true. Our parents oh, we were conceived at that New time. Yeah. No, the funny yeah. thing is that they wouldn't even want to have my little brother. He was an accident. You know, how do you feel when your parents say, you know, we really didn't want to have you. We already had two. We had our hands full. My dad <laughs> wanted to have me aboard. And he's got like, oh. And he, you know what's funny is that he has a lot darker skin than me and my older brother. So we were kind of like, did mom fuck some dude? Because he just doesn't look like my dad either. But on her side of the family, just like, my uncle's like almost looks... Uh, you know, not black, but you know, he has just very dark skin. So, we all have our own lineage, and I think for the, the most part, everybody's a mutt at this point. Oh I'm yeah. Not. Well, what national are you? You never told me. Um, we'll define it. I'm Caucasoid. If you want to go there, right? Caucasoid. Obviously, yeah, Caucasoid. Matt does that shit. Caucasoid. I'm Northern German. Okay. Right, and there's no. That's it. So I mean, both your parents are from that region. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, my, I was raised with German food. And were were German. your family uh, Nazis? Uh, well, my grandpa war crimes. He didn't have a choice, well, right? He was a POW. He's a POW in France. He was a ping pong champion in the in the POW camp. He doesn't want to talk about it, but I, my mom. Dude, had, being a ping pong champion is not something to be feel any shame about. When you when you come visit rocks, okay, okay, you gotta understand, right? You know the situation, temporal chauvinism, right? When you judge the times of today or times of the past by times of today, you okay. know the standards, right? That's the word. He, he's got a uniform, and you can see that you know the the bird with the swastika underneath, right? Mm. Well, um, all our shit got blown up in in the bombings in Hamburg, right? So when my grandma died, my mom had to move my grandpa in with her. Right. So found all the old pictures, and I was always told I had hair like my grandma's brother who died of alcoholism, and I had never seen him. And Hamburg at the time was a red light district, you know, and the Beatles were there and shit like that. Mm. That was a crazy town. He died of alcoholism. My grandma had a knee scarf. She jumped in the water in the ocean kind of thing when she was drunk. But I saw his hair finally. It was crazy because it's wavy kind of like, where would that come from? Because it jumped. And then, um, yeah, so finding those pictures was kind of cool. My grandma's dad hung himself in the backyard 
Because uh, the the my great grandmother, I guess, was sleeping with his twin brother. I don't think I, there's any suicides in my family. I'm the first. You yeah. Know? And they've got the, they're, they're German, like with the big fat mustache, and he's got the little chain with the watch. Absolutely. In his, in his you know, like, it, you know, it's funny. Like people who are like younger, even like 14 or in their teens, look like they're 30 years old back in the day because they dress very proper. Life was you rough. See, they see the dour faces and shit. So, like, in some ways, I think we, we basically, it's not better now. I think to go back to, to an organic life, like, one day I'm just going to turn this fucking glowing string off and I'm never going to look at it again. It'll be the best decision I ever made because all this life is going on out there that we basically, you think you're going somewhere, but you're just sitting at your desk. Right. So, I think that it's an amazing time and we were born here for a reason, but I think that I do think a lot of time and years have kind of slipped through my fingers. Really? And so, yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. Uh... What of my my years growing up were uh, you're addicted and it's addictive too like yeah you, like you filled with television just from mainly my father watched television all the time so I grew up yeah well, we're probably more like the television generator like that we're almost a babysitter you know, like my mother just put us in front of a television Gen yeah me, t me too um, but then it switched then it switched to computers at this point and like it's worse. so multi-layered because you have it on your phone now too it's and worse. it's just like I think it's worse Dude, it's worse. I, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I even just to, can, like, be a have, farmer and just kind of raise cattle, go have to drive 20 miles with the mules and go deliver something and gun, that hard work and that man. realness. No, dude, I, I, you, you know, the creature comforts don't mean shit to me. I'm more of a Spartan person anyway. Spartans, dude. Yeah, like, I, I just feel like when I'm hungry, I'm alive. When I just feel like everything's too easy, people just, like, you almost, like, get soft. And you don't yeah. care anymore. And it's like you're, you're insulated, so almost you can't feel other people's pain. When you see homeless people, when you have a little bit of a scratch or you're having a good run with it, with some money, you can't relate to them anymore. Both you guys, yeah. I will say you, something. Like, from the people I've known in my life, right? Both you guys. And I don't know you as well as I know Roxy, right? I yeah. disagree with you guys have wasted as much time as you think you have, you know, whatever, because well, you've you done a lot. Anyway, right? music, I mean, you know, there's so much history there, you know, just just uh, dedicating yourself to your craft and you, you know, studying music and stuff like that. I know people who can't even sniff, don't have one thing in their life that they have. They, they're just going to work. They don't know. They wish they had something. That book that yeah. they never wrote. Right. And they're just afraid to fail. They could. I, I, mean, I think it'd be easier not to be an artist and just to be able to live and be like a normal person. Like, you know, it's really you got to torture yourself you gotta wring it out of yourself all these creations fuck yeah. and like you just try to no dude this is my reality don't say fuck that because i'm telling i'm like i'm speaking from the heart yeah you know and you gotta basically you have to find the drive and the motivation to create these things and then and you have to keep it going to listen to them yeah so, you know i go hey dude i got a new song and half the people you're gonna do go oh that's cool or they'll say you'll send it to them they're like, oh yeah i listen to it and they don't Get a it doesn't penetrate so get a lobotomy it, rocks that would take it who you are away and that would suck I'm just saying that there was a time when I was doing all the acid, the reality hit me that being a freak, not being able to conform, made me have a very difficult early years of my life. Not only do you get like picked on a lot more because you're different, but just even trying to get a job when I was younger just because I had long hair. I was like, I'm not cutting it. And they're like, well, we're yeah. not hiring you if you have long hair. That, just that alone. So yeah. like basically, I know going to a cubicle must suck. But it's like it's a steady income. And, you know, generally most people these days have enough time to do what they really want to do anyway. They're just not motivated. Right. So it's almost eight. Eight is great. It's a, it's a great time to fucking do a rap. We're at two, minute, two hours and... 40 minutes. That was uh, the second longest show I've done during this run, and I'm feeling good about it. Thanks for being on the show, guys. It was it was thought-provoking. It was like butter, even with me being a little 
scrambles. No, uh, you're fine. No, I wasn't, dude. This compared to anything, dude. I've had some shows where I'm like, you are a gamer, dude. I love it when you're frazzled, though. I don't feel that frazzled. I mean, I'm, I'm just more. Uh, I think I'm just more relaxed. I'm not just like just uh, uh, an exploding bazooka, which is a beautiful thing. The snake oil. This uh, this show and every show is brought to you by Roxy Rollers Magic Snake Oil. Changed my life and can change yours too. See what snake oil can do for you. It's the chill for all yells, baby. For a better tomorrow today, try Roxy Rollers Magic Snake Oil. <sighs> hey, I, by the way, um, I looked up snake oil salesman. Because I, I was like, hey, Roxy pulling like a game on me? Like, I just, yeah, I did that as a classic thing to call it snake oil. And I was like, fuck Roxy, dude, like snake oil, right? You see, that, you know, and you then, do a lot of stuff. You know, you're, you're like, you know, people want to kill their idols. I was putting it in my coffee, on my eggs. He's right, but but snake oil. No, I mean, I know if you're here, but oil. then people want to override it. Well, then last week you said weed oil, and I, I just kept it to myself, but I was like, that's more linguistically correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's true, but the snake oil just gave me my own brand name for it. Yeah. I mean, look at the page that I, I developed, which I think it had like 200 some likes at a certain point I was cut off from the roller page because basically they wanted me to use my real name and I was I was literally going it was it was very important for them to use my real name a lot of tr people transcode labor they were one of the people they went after and they had these kind of pseudonyms and they basically that's not happening give us your real name a lot of people don't want to be known by their real name it's either something they want to you know have like that you know compartmentalization in their life where they can have their real name and their family and also be this the celebrity uh, I just didn't think it was worth it enough to give him my real name. I felt very much, uh, uh, it was just, I just wasn't going to go there. It was like, you know, just as far as the compromise. Mom Fortunately, I got my original page back because like my writings, you know, like a lot of the writing I do, it's a great forum because anything you write, you can have like thousands of people perhaps, or at least hundreds, can actually read your, your, your thought right then. I started following your writing page on Facebook. It's been one of the great things, one of the only things that, that I've created that makes me cry almost, if, like not recently, but like just being able to express these things in words and having that ability and just having the place to do it. When I was really sick in different year, uh, parts of my life, I was completely isolated and antisocial. I hated everybody. You know what I love about it? You have a prose. It's its own form. It probably is prose. You, you have know. a style, brother. Like I didn't go to school. I didn't. I, I don't, I don't know, what know, I'm know doing. the name of who that is. You ever read Cormac McCarthy? The person I, I mostly uh, copied was uh, Celine with the three dots. I know people have really bitched to me about like doing the three dots. I don't know. It's just like between every phrase. I said because it was a stream of consciousness. And you would just basically, it's not a sentence. It's kind of like, that's the way our brains work. You kind of have a phrase. And it kind of like, and you'll think of another thing. So it's like. Do you do that every time? I started doing stacking them a little bit. It's Bukowski influence in the sense it's almost like a shopping list. You do a couple of lines. Hopefully, each one of them stands on its own. Each each line in the when I do it in that form. The most important thing is style to Bukowski, right? You got to have a dance, and you have a dance. I think it's you have it's a true. Dance. And it, it, you know, there's no beginning or end in a lot of them too. But sometimes you do a rap, but it's kind of like comes in right in the middle of it. And I think people said it's Dada-esque. You don't need a gimmick. Cormac McCarthy didn't use any uh, punctuation at all. Like, no quote marks or anything. Who didn't? No Country for Old Man. Um, all the Pretty Horses. He did The Road. Who are you talking about? He's a writer. I don't know, but what's his name? Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, I never heard of him. Yeah, he's um, he's a you know big writer in Hollywood. Have you read a lot of books? Yeah. Because, like, for me, like, I just, I sucked at school. I was the world's worst student. Like, you couldn't make me do my work. So any book they told me to read, I was like, I just couldn't, you know, you know get into it. But on my own, it was cool to go back and read all this shit. I did, but I don't know a lot of 
poets. I haven't read a lot of poetry. My problem was I read my own books. Like when they gave me To Kill a Mockingbird, I was in this like honors English thing. I was I didn't want to read that. I wanted to read Malcolm X because everybody's wearing those X hats at the time. And he was cool, days. right? He was like a badass. I, I went absolutely. to the grocery store. Alex Haley wrote it, you know, and, and all that stuff. And then like I didn't want to read To Kill a Mockingbird. So then the teacher's like, well, Kill, you can't just choose. what I said, why not? Dude? Some of the books they make <laughs> you read you know, too. I did the same thing in school. I would read a lot of my own books. Yeah. Um, and often push the ones I didn't want to read from the school assignments. But you were reading. You were yeah, I was reading constantly. I um, hated doing book reports. Oh I, my God. I, would, I would read the book, but the never do the report. You're probably good at it, though, right? What? Book reports? Yeah. Well, sometimes I'm, I get in trouble. Like, uh, my teacher, they, they always love me. Plagiarizing, yeah. No, no, never. I, I, I did. I would just copy the thing word for word. Well, they I couldn't, you couldn't I, make me do my homework. I just couldn't. I was like, I had a mental block. I think these days they'd probably put me in a special class. Because, like, obviously I wasn't responding to this kind of group thing where it was basically punitive and when i'd go to school you'd the bus would be driving and i felt like i was going to jail i hated it mm -hmm. hated every minute of it it is a jail it's a factory setting with the, the clock and that my sociology teacher said that it's Before like i just died it's the clock the fucking paneling on the walls yeah, and also how early how, how early they make you go to school too like if it was yeah. just like school started at 11 a.m i probably would have done a lot better me too and mm -hmm. then like the sugar cereal they get they would give you you know like think about it nothing wrong if with you, that no you get you get this fucking buzz fruity pebbles dude dude i know what you mean okay forget it you know you dude <laughs> that's the last time i let you sit in the middle chair dude you, you get to be a dick over there like dude it's not funny i mean i should start giving you as much shit as you're giving but me sugar right cereals, no you know you're a dick no that's all the reason i woke up to be honest with you what frankenberry sugar cereal a count chocula frankenberry nerd cereal that no, was discontinued you kind of yeah dude simmer down yeah seriously I mean, it's cool, but I like, I'm not really, like, you kind of, the vibe, like, you're, you're going Tognetti on me right now. Okay. And it's not me, I'm not like reading into it, My but bad. it's like people start sparring a little bit, and I, I kind of, when I started doing a show, I want it to be a feel-good thing. I respect everybody who's in here. Obviously, I'm paying for it. It's my show. And like you kind of like you're the producer and kind of thing, but, you know, there's no need to kind of like, you know, just, just kind of sarcasm. I so I'm just saying, in the future, I'm not going to be giving you shit about like what you're wearing or or saying anything to you, and we probably wouldn't like it if I did. And so like right now, like kind of like it's a little bit of this song and dance. So uh, you know, everybody doesn't have to give each other shit. It's not, it, does, it doesn't make anything better. Sometimes it comes out. Somebody will be wearing a shirt and they'll they'll kind of look like a referee. Like yeah, hey, oh, that's funny. Or somebody will be doing something like that. But in general, I just think it's just a, um, a vacuum of just bullshit. It's negativity. I'm, right. not, I'm not down with it. Just this whole like flavor we're doing today. Like oh, some yeah. of it. Some of it. You know what I'm talking about. You got a song, dude? You no, no. You just kind of like just and it's cool. Let's do it. You pick a song, dude. You can you can do a rap. This is the Roxy Roller Radio uh, Show where only positive vibes are going to be present because, you know, the world's full of bullshit and everybody's fucking shit-talking, backstabbing assholes. I don't put nobody down because we got to lift each other up in this world. It's us against the world. Everybody, or in a different sense, I think it's, there's no verses. And it's once you stop seeing people as the adversarial or oppositional, life begins. Once you're not afraid to die, life begins. Hit something, dude. I don't care what it is. Play some uh, Neil Diamond. Sonic Youth song, right? That's yeah, cool. I like it. I think you're just mad because I made fun of your rap song, right? Actually, no, <laughs> you were a, a little butthurt about that. You are. I, I did say I didn't like it. I don't, you're up, dude. I can't hear you. You got talking and spitting the dick. This is Sonic Youth. This might be our last one. If it's not, it's the second last one. 
Love you guys. talking about uh, everything under the sun and over the moon that was a good show we just kind of like freestyled it different subjects last week it was kind of about the needle exchange it was cool you know because it's not good to give junkies needles in my opinion but clean needles are better than dirty ones next week we're going to be talking about um the holidays and why i hate them um, no, I, if, if you like holidays, it's good for you. Every day is a holiday. Every day is a gift. I'm going to go get some grub. I'm going to think about uh, my, uh, my lady's uh, butt and, um, and music. Sweet music. We're gonna, this is the Roxy Bowl Radio Show. We'll be back next week with Albert Felix and the Vampire Radio, which will be featuring death rock, post-punk, uh, goth, I do a little industrial. He does. He's like you know. They're two separate camps, but in general, we we feature both. And uh, we'll see if we can get a live band in here. We're thinking about doing more of that. I know that Albert might perform with his band, but I know uh, some people in the community. I, a lot of them aren't ready to do a show here because it's a, a small space and 
just uh, all the work it will take. But maybe they'll do an acoustic set or something. I've been talking to Death Valley High. So hopefully Eureka will come through. Davey Bones from uh, Ink Bats has told me he will come through at some point as well. So hopefully maybe I can get Davey to come in next week. And Alter DeFay was another person I talked to. So look forward to that in the next couple months. The show is still alive. I thought it was just good. I was almost like just saying I only started the show to say because like, I was saying I was going to do it. And I and I was like a lot of people who are up in the game, they talk about it, but they don't do it. So that's a different, you have to be accountable for that shit. So it was cool to do it, but I said it could be a couple of months. I just want to kind of bring it back. Well, it's just kind of taken on a life of its own. And so I'm glad to still be doing it. And we'll see how many more months I could uh want to continue doing this but um, hopefully we'll have more uh, live performances here in the, uh, pr the performance space so you know what I'm saying I got a, a thing it's a common moment we had he who cannot be named from the dwarves here for uh, Dave Dalton's birthday and that was cool you know, I haven't had that many shows because it's, it's a little bit of a, a work but it's a beautiful thing when it happens. And we also want to be conscious of the neighbors here. Thank you for listening to Mutiny Radio. My name is Roxy Roller. Thank you, Tyler and uh, homeboy here. Uh, Kelly. Kelly Gordon. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank every time I think of your name. It's just because you look like a, um, Joey or something to me. I don't know. But it's just more because, like, I got fucked up and my brain cells are, like, in, in, in somewhere in New Mexico. <sighs> Keeping it real keeping it good here uh you guys punched a song up because i'm gonna I, we got, actually hit nighttime uh yeah you, you can do that kind of thing you gotta you gotta learn to do this anyway as as the there you go nighttime playlist just hit it it's good this is muni radio thanks for listening we'll be back next week with uh the roxy roller radio show it's going to happen there it is beautiful thanks again